Welcome to the Huntley Baptist Church Podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. Shut up. From the first memory I have, we were in Auckland, then moved to Wellington. Um, this is all before I was five years old and I counted 30 houses that we had lived in before I was five. My dad was a baker and he used to work all night, drink all day. He was an alcoholic for about 40 years and then he gave his life to the Lord. Mum had left, she had enough of dad's drinking. Dad didn't know how to look after six children and go to work at the same time. So the four eldest, which was myself and my oldest brother and two sisters went to an orphanage for time. I guess for a little kid not knowing what's going on, it was quite traumatic. The food, I remember not being able to go into the dining room. You had to have a handkerchief, otherwise you couldn't go in and I had none and it was breakfast and I was hungry. And I remember they had porridge and by the time I had gotten into breakfast, they let me in after it finished. I spewed up, uh, I couldn't eat the porridge and until my adult years, I couldn't eat porridge. Even the smell of it used to make me quite ill. I remember mopping the floor of that big building and the floor was so cold, it just made your whole body freeze. We stayed there for several months until our mum found out where we were and came to get us. And then we moved to Porirua with her and she brought us up, solo mother with six kids. Mum being a solo mother had to work quite a few jobs just to feed us. We were pretty poor, but we, we never ever went without. I remember coming up to Huntley to stay with my dad and stepmother at about 10 years old. So mum would stick me on the train and it would take all night to get here, about 13 hours I think from Wellington. Travelling by myself, um, I used to read books. By the time I was 10, I'd read The Lion, Witch in the Wardrobe and Lord of the Rings. Sometimes they'd meet me here <laughs> and sometimes not, but um, Dad was living in Otahu. He moved around quite a lot. I didn't know Otahu and Otahuhu were the same place. By one o'clock in the morning, everybody had come out of the pub in um, Otahu. I remember that. I got scared jumped on the bus that was going to Otara, jumped off there and then just picked the direction and started walking. Just looking at the moon and I thought, God can see me, that's his eye. <laughs> I remember praying, asking God to help me, directions, because I felt so lost. And the first house that I came to, I just decided I'd have to knock on every door to find my dad. And the first house that I knocked on the door, which was one o'clock in the morning, nearly two o'clock in the morning, my sister answered the door. By the time my dad woke up and saw that I was there, he asked me if I was working. It's like, I'm 12. 
So went to school there for two weeks and then they shipped me off again. I was my dad's pet, you know, and um, when he left, I, I, I really fretted for my dad. I didn't have a good relationship with my mum because she felt that I looked like dad, reminded her of dad, and of course she was so angry with him. She took a lot of that frustration out on me. When mum met my stepfather, first he was courting mum and then he moved in. I guess we didn't know what was going on, but she seemed to be happy for a time. But unfortunately, he'd come from a family of, I think he had five children before he met my mum. He was a pedophile and he was a sexual predator, I guess, with all our family. Because mum was working all the time, hardly ever home, there was hardly anybody ever home. And, and I had this anger towards my mum. She had always kind of sent me off to go and stay here and there. I met up with my cousins at the Marae, I jumped on the bus and went home with them. And so from then I, I got jobs, worked at a laundromat, worked at EMI in Wellington, Petone. I just got jobs here and there to keep myself going. By 14, I was right out of home and I had heard that the stepfather, he had moved on to another family. I never found out till years later, but he had moved on. And most of the women that he'd moved on to had children, multiple children. I got pregnant at 16. I wasn't in a relationship. I met my husband when I was 18. He was a solo dad, I was a solo mum. But of course I was still a child. He was a bit older than me, my first husband. And in my naivety, we got married and he was full on alcoholic. So my whole first marriage was like that. But it wasn't until I was about 19 that I walked past uh, the hall and heard the music on my way to the shop to get a bread. I just thought, well, I'll just go in and have a listen. They were preaching, talking about God. Next minute I'm up at the altar. I didn't even know what that was about really, but I came away thinking, wow, there's something different. I think I've always known in my heart who God is, but he just opened himself up to me when I walked into that place one day and heard, heard the preaching. So this is the Huntley Baptist Church where I go to now. I love my church. My husband met someone. I had asked God that I didn't want to be in that marriage anymore, but I didn't see a way out. So um, I remember asking God to please let me get out of this marriage. And when it happened, I was quite devastated. I just remember feeling that the whole guy would just swallow me up and I felt paralysed. I was working at the time, I couldn't go to work. I, probably the lowest point in my life. 
the time that I separated from my ex-husband, my granddaughter was born. And just seeing her face and just understanding that I, another generation had been born was the highlight of my life, you know, in the darkest time. But now that I'm older, I realise how important music is and I feel the love of God when I'm playing. Just every day from the time that my granddaughter was born, um, God just kept showing me words and giving me the music. Today I'm happily married. My husband now, is, he's an ex-mob member and he's also a minister. So we both um, share that testimony of our love for God today. So between the world that I've come out of, Today I know that there is hope and to carry on, just to keep going. I know without a doubt in my mind that God sits on the throne and uh, that God is the God of my life. Yeah. So good, eh? Who was touched by that? So good. Thanks, Teresa. Um, that scripture we started with, eh? That God, God can reveal Himself when when we're in our weaknesses, and um, that was so powerful. What was what was covered? Um, we're just going to move into a bit of a panel to uh, launch this uh, theme, uh, which is um, over these next few weeks. So I just want to invite to the up to the stage. We've got uh, Charlize Marks. Give her a hand. Woo, 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 woo. And we've got Andy. Come on up. Give him a hand. Woo, woo. And we also have Teresa this morning. Yee. So we have a um, forensic scientist. Um, Teresa reckons she's had over 100 different jobs, including in wool sheds, taxi driving. And we've got a Swiss engineer. So how diverse is our panel this morning? And a farmer. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, the biggest disappointment of the lineup. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, so the theme uh, that, that's uh, getting launched um, for these next few weeks is Chasing the Wind. Uh, there's this uh, uh, book in the Old Testament called Ecclesiastes. And it's quite an interesting book, isn't it? As these guys probably looked into it a little bit yesterday more. Um, and uh, at first glance, it can be like, wow, this is an interesting book. Um, I remember at Easter camp, uh, I was probably about 14, and we Easter camp's usually this really highly inspirational sort of gospel content building over the weekend. And I remember we had a speaker one morning hop up and say, meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless, and started reading the start of Ecclesiastes. And I remember having not sort of uh, uh, got into reading Ecclesiastes at the age of 14, uh, which is probably a good thing, actually, um, <laughs> uh, and, and thinking, man, what's this guy on about? And he covered all this stuff, uh, what King Solomon was, was, was thinking in this book. So if you've got your Bibles, we won't have time to actually scan it at the moment, but you're welcome to sort of scan your eyes as we speak over the first couple of chapters of Ecclesiastes um, to have a look at it. Um, but 
Yes, we're launching this series called Chasing the Wind, which is a bit of a, a, a term that's used um, by King Solomon um, quite a few times in the first few chapters. Um, we find in this Old Testament scripture that King Solomon, um, who let's just say had it all, he absolutely had it all. He had privilege, prestige, possessions, position, and he was actually someone who had sought after wisdom. He had really tried and, and dug into God's ways. Um, he was the writer of Proverbs, wasn't he? So the, the, the wisdom that was pouring out of this guy was huge. And yet we find about 40 years after he'd written Proverbs, uh, writing this book of Ecclesiastes, where he's in this crazy headspace of questioning kind of everything and that everything is meaningless. Um, and uh, I've got some questions for these guys that they're going to do. And um, I don't know whether we need to have like a two-minute buzzer. Otherwise, we could be um, finding ourselves getting <laughs> deeper and deeper into this. But um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a good chance to hear from these guys. And uh, thanks for your time and your willingness. So the first question is, uh, we are launching into Ecclesiastes. What does the first two chapters mean to you guys? In no particular order, you can grab it at any point. Um, I think the main thing that I kind of grabbed from or that stood out for me the most was that no matter how much we keep trying to grab for the next best thing and that that's the norm for us as humans on earth, that it is meaningless and that we can't actually take all of the riches and the money and all, the, all of that with us and we'd actually leave that, leave that behind and it doesn't go with us. When I read chapter one, I, I uh, sort of realized this guy is actually absolutely real and how often we, we don't want to show our insight to everyone here. You know, we are a family, we say, but sometimes we sort of just put the front on. But that guy was absolutely real and it made me think of a few people in this church which have even stood up front and said, hey, my life is really tough. You know, this is, there's not much, much good stuff in it, but I have God. And when you read chapter one, Everything is meaningless, but it never is doubted that God is real. So I had a read last night, and um, I remember when I first read the book of Ecclesiastes, um, the scripture that jumps out isn't in verse 1 or verse 2, but what it does say is vanity, vanity. Everything is just vanity, which kind of, you know, when you when you pick up the Bible and you want to read, Ecclesiastes, you're like, what is that all about? Um, which quickly Solomon says that, you know, I've, I've had everything in life. I've done everything. I've had everything. No one's been richer than King Solomon. So he's had everything. And he still says God gave him wisdom. And then Solomon turns around and says, but everything is just vanity, just nothing, like meaningless. So um, I really didn't get that. But as I read last night, um, you've got to take everything, everything, all the good, all the bad, and just I don't always understand it, but I, 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 um, I love reading the Word of God. So if you read the Book of Solomon, you'll, hear some, you'll, you'll read some awesome stories where he uses that wisdom. And I think it's just, um, I just digested on it, marinated on it last night and still couldn't come up with a clever uh, theology on it. 
But just to say that, just keep going. <laughs> just keep reading. Yeah. I think it's uh, one of those ones that um, is a mystery, isn't it? The book is a mystery. Um, I was just being cheeky. You don't, don't worry about your length of answers. We want to hear from you. Uh, we want to hear your heart. Number two question is, have there been times of your life where you can relate to King Solomon's worldview and headspace? Yes. <laughs> no, we want to hear your heart. <laughs> yeah, I, I did. Uh, I, I would describe myself as uh, probably more a melancholic person, and and I have these not anymore, not any so much anymore recently. But I had these times where I, yeah, I, I was not in a dark space, but sort of happy to be my, on my own, happiest when the sun went down and everything went dark, and you know those sort of times when when you start questioning things. Um, and, and looking back, these times actually weren't that bad because when you ask yourself questions and you're, you're willing to, to find answers, to find the right answers, to be honest with yourself, that's when you actually find truth. You know, you, you listen to people, you have to figure out, is what they say the right thing? Is what I believe the right thing? Um, it's so easy to, to get go down the wrong path. So for me, having times where I had to question what I believe and who I am, that was, that was a valuable time. Yeah, I think um, a lot through life we go through times where you are just chasing, chasing what the world seems to be chasing and, and there's no... It, it kind of you you always get that next step and you think oh i just i just need that and then you get it and it's like an anticlimax and it's like we sometimes get so um wrapped up in what the world says we should want and what we should have our life full of that when we lose sight of god and his his love and his purpose for our life then it will just be that anticlimax and it will just continue feeling meaningless so yeah uh, what was the question again? <laughs> Have there been times of your life where you can relate to King Solomon's worldview and headspace? Mm, no. <laughs> um, it's all right if not. Yeah. Uh, no, I can't think of an answer. Right now, so. All right. Um, what similarities do you see between King Solomon's observation of life almost 3,000 years ago and life and culture of today? I, I think... This is something, it's, uh, it's uh, a verse in, in uh, the first chapter, and I actually thought it was just a, sort of a saying, but it says there's actually nothing new under the sun. It actually says in that there, there's new, nothing new under the sun. We may have different things we ch chase after. I don't think that uh, in, in the times that this was written that uh, they were running after cricket balls and rugby balls and soccer balls. But these days we have these idols that we that we go to, you know, um, listening to the radio this week, people pouring their heart out and how, how grief-stricken they are that they cannot watch free-to-air cricket anymore. And, and I'm not against cricket, but it's, it's minor. And I, I hope I don't work. Actually, yes, I hope I do offend you if you're really, if you're really that grief-stricken. There, there, is, there is 
things that are more important than that. You know, te tangata, te tangata, te tangata. It, it's God and it's people. And, and I, I don't think really many things have changed. But I don't just want to go and judge other people because it, it's, you know, then I'm just like that, like, like the people I judge. I want to look at myself. Where are my priorities? I, yeah, I'm failing by the, on that one, by the way. <laughs> oh, I was just thinking about Solomon because um, he was quite young. And so um, when he asked God for their wisdom, he was being a leader. He was being. Uh, he he chose to not ask for, you know, money. Like I think most of us would like. Oh, give me some money. I could chuck it at my problems and they'd be fixed. But he asked for wisdom, and um, and and I was just thinking about Solomon. He was the second son of Bathsheba and David, which. You know, like the first son died because him and Bathsheba got together. But you just have to read it, you know, and that's the whole point of the Bible and especially a book like Ecclesiastes that it's in there. And we don't usually go to that for the wisdom, but that's what Solomon asked for, wisdom to rule in that time. And I, I, I think, you know, I know that we still need that from God, that, uh, direction from God. So, yeah, that's a thought. Um, I think just going on what Andy said, just saying that there's nothing new under the sun, and that I think as generations keep coming around, they keep trying to reinvent the wheel and trying to do new things and do things better. But sometimes the 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 purpose and the the feeling behind their their um, motivations is maybe. Um, not not with that wisdom like Solomon did, and he didn't have. Well, a lot of us sometimes don't have that wisdom to um, to really have God flow through the things that we do in life. And um, yeah, and at the end of the day, a lot of us will just follow the footsteps of the ones before us. And it's through God that we can try and change things, and just try and change ourselves, and show that to the rest of the world. Just an add add on to this as well. I mean, we all notice it, you know, when. Um, it's so much easier to follow these big th trends and it's very difficult to buck the trends, you know. Um, and even if they are, they, are, they are Christian activities, the world does not, does not really want to know about Christ. You know, when you watch, uh, I think it's called Good Sorts on Sunday after the news, I quite often wonder how many Christians are actually um, shown there because there's so much good stuff and, and it's not just Christians that do good stuff but we we sort of as, as Christians are quite often pushed out from from the media pushed out from from you know being portrayed as by other people as 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 you know following Christ and if there's ever anything about a church or very often it's it's quite negative so I think you know that's where we just have to buck the trend as well on a personal level where we just, you know, fly the flag high and, uh, yeah. I think um, for me, if I can pitch one in here, um, too, is I think uh, King Solomon had it all. He, he had everything uh, at his disposal and you could say in, in a human sense he had every success. Um, and I think I think um, sometimes we can read scripture as, you know, um, and, and consider it prescriptive and then get to a, a, chapter, a book like Ecclesiastes 
and think, what is, what is God telling me here? But I think what we can actually see is this guy is wrestling to find what is significant. He has got success, but he is struggling with what is significant. And if we look at um, our culture of today, I'd say that's a huge tension that people are living in, is that a lot of people are, are pursuing success, but they don't realize that they need to pursue significance in Christ and significance in moving God's ways forward and all these sorts of things. Um, if it was about having what Solomon had, uh, Hollywood would be the happiest place on earth. But we see these people <laughs> destroying their lives because they're trying to find further success. Um, and you can see that some of the, the, the richest in the world are just still desperately unsatisfied because they haven't found spiritual significance in God. And so I'd, I'd say this is the wrestle of Solomon um, in this in this book. Um, to maybe start thinking about over these next few weeks is is what does significance actually look like in today's setting? And one other thing I'd say about today's kind of culture is it seems that everyone is wanting to be, uh, or a lot of young people are wanting to be a part of a cause that transcends their time. You know, they're wanting to be a part of something either for the planet or for the environment or for a movement of something that transcends them. And that's that desperate desire within us to have our significance and to have a place in life and not just pursue earthly success. And so this is, I think that is a big part of it, is this tension that uh, King Solomon's finding himself in, trying to, having all the successes in the world, but still being bitterly uh, disappointed and, and still wrestling with finding significance. Uh, last question for our beautiful panel, is um, what has pulled you through the down times and the times of lament? Uh, lament is a bit of a biblical word for uh, the sorrowful. You have the book of Lamentations, um, and you could say that Ecclesiastes is just basically up until about the last three verses, is a giant lament of, of sort of grief and sorrow. Uh, what has pulled you through the down times and times of lament, slash how has God helped you through? For myself, just um, always, always um, coming back to God, just sitting in prayer and asking God. Um, I know that that's the way to uh, to keep that relationship with God. I, I know not to be dependent on myself and just to ask God every day. You know, my my husband, he's he's more um I guess regular. Um he he's quite consistent and and I and I get that even from a lot of you, you know, just following you, what you do, observing how you are and I and I appreciate that that um you know that you are consistent but the, I I just believe that for myself that just asking God every day and and getting into that routine of prayer for myself. That's my I have to say I have been immensely blessed. Um, I haven't had huge struggles in life. You know, I yeah, I, I a lot of a lot of struggles that people experience, I have never experienced, and and I I'm so grateful for this. Um, so I haven't had these times of lament, but. When I, not but, when, when I uh, gave my life to Christ, I was six years old. 
And I did it with a childlike understanding and childlike faith. And I was not in a Christian family. I, 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 I grew up in a Christian society. Um, it doesn't really mean much, but sort of, you know, it just drifted along. And, and, and my, my faith probably didn't fizzle out, but my connection with Christians and with church and with teaching. And, and I, I went through my teenage years. And they weren't bad at all. I didn't do any outrageous stuff. Just, just, yeah, just, I, I just was. And, but what, if I look back, what brought me through this was God's faithfulness. It was God, it, I look back, He was always there. You know, it, it was, it was His faithfulness. Nothing I've done, everything He's done. And so God's faithfulness brought me through times where I could have easily gone off the rails or had, you know, done whatever. But he was there and he brought me through this time. Um, yeah, I second that with Andy in that um, I've been very blessed in that I haven't had a lot of the struggles that some some people do go through. And um, and yet, if you think about um, just day, day-to-day struggles, they, they are still a struggle and it's still the small things that can, can cause you, like Andy said, can cause you to derail as well and and I just think think back to when for instance when we moved to New Zealand and um, that if if I can imagine um, me and my family not having that Bible study and that that God time as a family really st- causing more struggle um, as a as a 10 year old in a new country barely being able to speak English very well um, and always being hassled at school. And, and it's all those those kind of things, even as a child, um, struggling with and going through and being like, but why why me and why are we, why do we have to move here? Why why is this so hard? And, and just knowing that in our family that God as the centre of our family brought us through that. And even um, today I remember, um, I mean, marriage is great and marriage is really hard as well. And I remember that my... Um, Auntie said to us on our wedding day that as long as you have God in your rope of, and here's your third strand, you will always have strength to to keep going and to have the right relationship and to live for His purpose as well. Um, so although I didn't have massive struggles, we still face day to day things where you feel you wake up and you think, you know what, I just I just want to pull my head under the pillows and just not wake up today because it's. You know, it's just, it gets hard sometimes. And just knowing that um, God also puts the right people on your path. Um, I remember when I moved all the way to Dunedin when I was studying, being in a new place again, and I thought to myself, oh my gosh, why am I doing this again? Um, (laughs) Having no friends and um, just knowing that God put the right people on my floor of my hostel um, that also believed in God, that kept me on that right path and um, finding a church and finding a, a church family down there and um, yeah so just the right people and definitely prayer for God and and knowing even um, through having um, experiencing having a baby and all the ups and downs of that as well and just knowing that God's always listening and if you if you pray um, with a sincere heart God is always listening and he will answer answer your prayers and miraculous crazy ways sometimes and um, yeah he's just just awesome for us it's one thing I just remember. Um, I haven't really said it to myself, but it, it used to be a motto in my, my sort of uh, late teens and early 20s, a little bit of God is better than no God. So in, in times where I didn't feel like I, I 
want to get up and read the Bible and, and, and I want to have these long prayers, a 20-second prayer or just, just a quick look into the Bible is way better than just put the Bible on the shelf and do my own thing. So a little bit of God is better than no God. That's great. Should we give these guys a hand? Yeah, I just forgot. Um, we sort of, uh, during the offering, we heard a song about, um, said, the, the lyrics said, you're the God of the hills and the valleys. And um, I think potentially sometimes we can sugarcoat uh, things a bit, but Scripture never sugarcoats um, life or, or makes, uh, makes out that life has got this trajectory where everything just sort of works and stacks up. And if you actually look at the heroes of Scripture, uh, there's these ebbs and flows in their life. There's these huge challenges and times of wrestle and all of that, and that is okay. If the heroes that God uh, upholds in Scripture uh, wrestle with these things, uh, so can we. And uh, I think what we've heard this morning has been some great wisdom, do you agree? Um, and some things that we can put into our lives. Uh, we heard from uh, Teresa's testimony um, how God had brought her through and, um, and all of the, the challenges of that. And one could get to a point after all of that stuff going on and saying, everything's meaningless, I'm going to give up. And yet God can bring hope into that situation. Um, and we've heard from these answers that, that um, there is a reason. There is a reason in it all. And um, we're going to explore that more. We're not going to uh, uh, get further into this uh, Ecclesiastes resolve yet. Uh, that's to come. Uh, we're looking forward to Mark next week um, sharing on this on the subject. But um, just to start, we, uh, finish where we started, um, 2 Corinthians, um, which we started the service with, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Should we pray? Uh, God, we thank you for uh, this, this, um, this book of Ecclesiastes, the wrestle of life and what it means and what it's all about. And God, we thank you uh, that you don't ever sugarcoat um, what is. And we, we can draw conclusions from the wrestles of the ancients. And we pray that, um, God, you would uh, 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 teach us something new over these next few weeks as we get into this theme and get into this book. And I pray that we would uh, be people who uh, want to wrestle ourselves and not just uh, sort of live life half asleep. Um, I pray that you'd be uh, with each and every person this morning uh, in, in their wrestle with, with finding purpose and meaning in life. And we ask you to go before us, be in each moment and in each day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that it has been an encouragement to you. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist at extra.co.nz or visit us at